When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. I have attached the link on the website. So if you just visit the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie, you can then find the Patreon link there. Thank you to those that have. This week's podcast is brought to you by Bear's Little Fish, which was founded by Marianne in 2020 after becoming a mum to twin boys in 2017. She was absolutely blown away by the generosity of her friends and family. The most memorable gifts were somewhat predictably the most practical. This is what she sought to provide with Bear's Little Fish, practical essentials aimed to be used daily with a nostalgic element providing an added bonus of making simply great presents. Bear's Little Fish creates high quality goods for your young family with a focus on durability. Based in Dublin, Ireland, they understand better than anyone the importance of providing snug and cosy essentials for your baby without compromising on detail. Bear's Little Fish are also committed to doing what they can for the environment and have chosen to create a sustainable range made from premium bamboo blended muslin. So made from 70% bamboo and 30% cotton. All fabrics are certified either Ocatech Standard 100 or GOTS organic cotton. All items are gift boxed with recyclable materials. Aside from the obvious eco-friendly benefit this range provides, it is also a kind choice for babies with skin sensitivities. Choose from their range of thick muslin blankets in various sizes, sleeping bags, hooded towels, sheets, bandana bibs and much more. They have also kindly offered a discount code BIRTH10 uh, which will give you a 10% discount at checkout on their website. So visit www.bearslittlefish.com to see their full range of stock. And the offer will expire on the 14th of July. So enjoy. So this week's interview is a pre and post baby chat with Aileen. So I spoke to Aileen when she was 36 weeks pregnant. We chatted about her first two experiences with pregnancy and birth. She gave birth on a barge where she lived with her husband with their first experience. That was a planned uh, home birth supported by two midwives. She then gave birth for a second time in a hospital environment. And that was because she was diagnosed with polyhydramnus, which is excess fluid. So that meant that that she couldn't have um, a home birth. 
She most recently gave birth to her little girl Orla in a hospital environment as well. A really, really nice, positive experience. She did have to work with the hospital. She needed to advocate for herself a little bit in order to let her body let her body do its thing, basically. So three really nice, positive experiences. She had three gorgeous big babies, nine plus pounds, ten plus pounds, and eleven plus pounds. Um, so uh, without any medication and with no interventions. So a really nice, positive story. I hope you enjoy. Aileen, you're very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. Would you like to just give us a little introduction to you and your family? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm Aileen and I'm married to Neil and we have two kids presently, uh, Finn and Shiva, and we're expecting our third. So I'm 36 weeks, well, I'm 36 weeks tomorrow, yeah. So will we dive into your first pregnancy? Yeah, perfect. So um, Finn was our first baby. Um, I suppose we we were married in July in 2014 and we gave ourselves a few months. We set up until Christmas to just kind of relax and enjoy life. Um, and then we started trying just the new year kind of. Um, but I actually got uh, quite sick um, just with a viral infection, but went to the doctor and she was like, this isn't right. Um, and they investigated a bit further and it turned out to be anemia, but quite severe. So I was hospitalized. Um, but it was kind of a good thing because I don't know if I would have gotten pregnant with the anemia. Um, so they got, I suppose they got to the root of it. Um, and then quite quickly, I, cause I had, we had, you know, we did have a couple of pregnancy tests that were negative and, you know, when you're kind of when you're trying at first, not that we had to wait too long, but you kind of, you don't expect it to happen straight away, but when it doesn't, you just start to get, well, I did anyway, maybe I, I overthink things, but a bit worried. Um, so with with all that, um, we had a couple of, of months where nothing was happening, but of course I needed to build back up my iron. So it was probably, a, you know, in hindsight, it was a good thing. Um, and then we really weren't waiting long at all in April. We were heading out for the night to a festival, a street festival. And I said, you know what, I better, I better take a test just in case. And it was positive. Oh, <laughs> and, lovely. Uh, yeah, we were a bit shocked. Um, we didn't go out, needless to say. Um, so, yeah, that was that was fine. And that was in April. Um, it was like it was a really easy pregnancy. I really enjoyed being pregnant with Finn. There was I don't think I had any complications at all I had to be he, I would measured big like one week I would be a centimeter big and then the next week I'd be on on track and so they sent me for um just the glucose tolerance test um and we we had decided on a home birth at that stage so that was a bit that would throw me off because it was with um dom, the domino scheme with Hollis Street so but that turned out to be fine it turned out to be nothing um, so bar, bar the tiredness, like we did, we did everything we normally did. Like we went out and to festivals and it didn't, it didn't hinder us in any way. Um, so how do you, your appointments work with the domino scheme? Um, obviously it's midwife led, but do you get seen by a consultant at all? Or are you back and forth between a GP as well? So um, let me think, I, we, we kind of knew from the beginning I knew I wanted to be with the domino scheme from the beginning. Um, 
And I think by the time we had, by the time we got pregnant, Neil was on board with the home birth as well. Um, so oh, I think my first appointment was with the, I never went to the hospital. So my first appointment was with the booking appointment at 13 weeks was with the Domino scheme um, in the midwife clinic. And every appointment from then on, it was either GP or the Domino scheme. Oh, they're there. I cannot, I cannot speak highly enough of them. They're, they're, they're just fantastic. It's really about care for the baby and the mum, you know. What way do your scans work then? You have, so you don't have the, the 12 week scan with them. You have the 20 kind of 21 week scan about, um, and that's, that's, then I had a couple of other scans just because of the size of the baby, um, because I was measuring big, but yeah, the, the, the care is just fantastic. Um, yeah, just all, and it all, like, that was the only scare I had in terms of not being able to have the home birth was the glucose tolerance test. And they're really straight up, you know, they're like, if this comes back positive, you know, if you have gestational diabetes, that's it, you're off, you're off the which is hard to hear, but, you know, they, I suppose, look, they take no risks. I know that they're very, their hands are very tied at the same time and that, you know, you have more leeway with them when you go private. But I really, I just, I, I had a wonderful experience with them. They're, they're just, but we, we were actually living on a barge when I got pregnant. Oh, cool. Him. Oh, yeah, I didn't think, I thought that's kind of, that's it out now, you know, you're not going to let me have a baby on a barge. Um, and then, of course, Neil was a bit reluctant. Um, so I said to him, I like, for me, it's really important that he's on board. Um, you know, I know there's, there's, there's a trail of thought where it's it's your your body and your baby and your birth, but I I need him to be there. I need him to be happy and not... Because it is, it's a difficult position for them as well. Like, you know, we're kind of going through it, but they're they're watching us go through it. Um, so I just said to him, look, I'm not going to force this, but I'm not going to accept a no, an uninformed no, basically. You need to look into it and you need to open your mind to it. And if you still are really uncomfortable, then fair enough. Um, and then he didn't say much for ages. And then when we got pregnant, he was like, so we're having a home birth. <laughs> it's like, oh, are we? Brilliant. Um, but it really helped that, like our friend Zoe had had the baby, um, on the barge and when I went to them now she had a much bigger barge than us and I don't think the midwives realized that at the time but uh they were like yeah 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 oh you know we remember Zoe having hers on the barge so yeah it won't be a problem. So how did you feel in the final few weeks of your pregnancy? Like just I you know I've I've had a tougher time since but just the first pregnancy was just a breeze I just I, I really enjoyed being pregnant. I did, like, obviously I was tired and I was slower and all that. Um, but like, you know, I, Finn was due in January, 20, 15th January he was due. And the start of December, I was down in Dingle for other voices, you know, sitting sitting up, listening to music at a gig. Like, you know, it was, I think it was, I was trying to remember with Neil, I was due on the, I was due on the Friday and the following Monday night I think it was I went into Wheelands to hear my cousin playing in town like you know so I was when I think of that now I can barely move at the moment <laughs> I'm like yeah it was it was a breeze it really was it's and nice I, I that was, you still did those bits and pieces especially in her first I pregnancy so. 
yeah yeah and like I had started a new, I got a new job about four or five months pregnant and but it, that sounds like um an upheaval but it wasn't because I went from something really stressful to something a lot nicer you know um so it was just all everything was just nice and calm and I wasn't nauseous you know at all like I never got never felt sick I didn't go off any food I just I suppose uh, you know a dream a dream pregnancy really so what were the first signs of labor so um I had I was expecting you know we all have our our expectations that um I was going to you know start getting I was no I was going into early labor and I would go for a walk and I would have a glass of wine and I would have a you know, well, not a bath, a shower and all this stuff. Because I had done the hypnobirthing. Um, butcher, that's that's not what happened at all. I was lying in bed. It was, I think, about half one. And I just felt two pops in my stomach, which I had never heard of. Did, what didn't hurt or anything, just two little pops. But I knew it was something. And uh, I got up and it was my water's. So no gush or anything, just the trickle. But I knew I had to try and get some to see that it was clear and all that. So I did. And I was very calm. I didn't wait meal or anything. And I, oh, I did the, the thing of I ate something because, you know, they say eat. So the sure, because you don't know when you'll get to eat. So I ate and I think I rang the midwife. And, the you know, the... The lovely thing about being with the midwives as well is you kind of you might know them all because this, there was 14 of them at the time. But I I, I was lucky. I kind of kept running into the same ones. So I said, yeah, come on in. And um, so we were 10 minutes from Hollis Street at the time. So I was like, I'm going to walk in. I, I had no contractions or anything at that stage. Um, so I woke Neil and he's quite a heavy sleeper. So he jumped up at half one and started to ring his boss and was all... Oh, like I had to say, no, relax. So, um, yeah, we started, you know, he was like, are you sure about walking? Because I got my first contraction. Then about two minutes after talking to Sinead, I got my first contraction. But they just came strong. They just started strong and regular. I didn't have this preamble into labor that, that you, you kind of hear about. So I was like, no, 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 you know what I've read. I know I need to walk. And so we, we walked it's 10 minutes about, we walked about five minutes and I couldn't, I couldn't go on. So we hailed a taxi, um, the poor taxi man, I'd say by the time I got into the taxi and got there, I had two or three contractions. Um, but he was lovely. He didn't charge us. He just said not to name the baby Clive. Oh, that was a nice gesture. <laughs> really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, went in, got checked, and all oh, was fine. It was the, the waters were fine. So uh, back home, but I didn't. I didn't insist on walking this time. Um, yeah, so got back home, and I just went into the bedroom, the, the the kind of the front of the boat. So is the bedroom, and you can walk through the whole boat. So you can kind of see, say, when you're sitting on the bed, you can see up into the, the living area, and I just put a hood my hood up and sat on the bed with the tensing machine and I couldn't even really move much I just sat there kind of swaying and waiting for poor Neil to fill we had a pool and it was obviously quite a chore to it's they're a chore to fill anyway but you can imagine on a boat with pipes going out to the water and stuff and I just kept poking my head out to poor Neil and saying asking about the pool um and yeah just using the tens machine and the breathing and 
like it was it was manageable um but I suppose the biggest thing I found that I didn't expect was how how much it just takes over your body you know um like I I I went really quiet and um I think Neil got me into the shower at one stage and I really liked that and then I got cold so we came out but then I wanted to go back in and I hated it just things that like I didn't want him touching me um you know, I, I apologized to him afterwards for, I was like, sorry for being so rash. And he was like, you weren't in my head. I was like, get away from me. <laughs> but he said I wasn't at all. I was very polite and calm. And, um, so yeah, then I, we rang about, I forget the times, but I think it was around six o'clock when I rang her and she did the thing of, you know, putting me on the phone and talking to me and I knew what she was doing, but I still couldn't even answer. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, that's, that's her cue, you know, for, um, or it's time to go, go, go out there. So she came, but there was a change of shift, um, at seven or eight or something. Um, so at the second, you know, the, the next midwife came and actually the only time I'd met this midwife was when I had to have the glucose tolerance test. And she was the one who said to me, you'll be off the home birth. So I had that, um, sort of connection you know in my head with her so when I when I saw her coming I actually was a little bit like oh um and that was it turned out to be she was brilliant um she really got me working she got me she got me into the pool and she got me in every position you could imagine you know to it was brilliant it was brilliant um and all went well until I hit 10 centimeters and then I just seemed to stall and I kind of now know a bit more about it that I probably should have rested. Um, but they were, I'm not sure why, but they, they, they seemed quite eager to, to, to keep things moving. Um, she kind of said to me afterwards, she was encouraging me to, to push. And she kind of said, are you afraid of it? And she said, I gave her a, a funny look. I didn't know what she was talking about. Um, and I don't remember this, but Neil says at some stage, I just went, oh, that feels different now when things started to move. Um, and actually, the way he started coming was on the bed, lying on my back, which I know is now we had tried everything. Like I had done lunges, I had done squats, all fours. So me, I, I, the only thing I can think of is that I was getting tired and it kind of relaxed me. Um, so I was lying on my back on the bed um but the, the midwives were amazing like the second midwife sorry must have come at this stage she got like the oils what you call the oil um that speeds everything up uh the clary sage yeah the clary sage and she was massaging my feet and it like it took time but we were just chatting between contractions and um you know they were saying oh it's a, it's a little girl they decided it was a girl just in banter you know and the, the little girl and it was a little girl because it was coming down, but it was moving back. So there was loads of room for it. It was what they, they were just, we were just chatting, you know. And so that was fine. Um, I should tell you as well, at one stage, then between contractions, there was a knocking sound on the, on the hull of the boat. And uh, we kind of all stopped, like, you know, mid all of this and looked. Is it the, the boat hitting off the pier? And Neil was like, no, 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 I've tied really tight, like. So then anyway, it stopped and another contraction came. Um, I'll, I'll come back to that later. <laughs> but uh, um, so then we, so then anyway, baby, baby was, baby was starting to crown and all that. So, and I, I don't know how, but I did get up 
and I was in a supported squat Neil was behind me and that's how how Finn was born and he was a whopper <laughs> he was a boy and he was a whopper yeah so um it was amazing like he just I was squatted and I was thinking I was actually thinking between contractions you know they were they were really good at getting me to wait and all that but I was thinking how am I going to get out of this position like you know there was it was so intense. There was tears coming down my face. I was like, how? That's what I was thinking. How am I going to get back up? You know, when you're, you're doing squats or exercise and you're like, oh, God, I don't know if I'll be able to get back up. I was literally like, I don't know how they're going to get. I don't even remember how I did because the baby was born and I just was I like it was just amazing. He was he was amazing. And as as my yoga teacher had said, because um, I did pregnancy yoga, she said, when you see your baby, you'll think it's the most beautiful thing in the world. She's like, it doesn't matter that I'm telling you this. And I did like, I was like, oh my God. Neil was like, why is he purple? <laughs> why is his head like an alien? <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, Finn was born and he was nine pounds, 13 ounces. So he was a big, he was a big baby. Um, but yeah, all went well. I tore, I tore a bit. She had to give me a couple of stitches, but I, you could have, I wouldn't have even known I tore, like I hadn't a clue. Um, and I suppose possibly because maybe it was the first time or I don't know, but I I hadn't, I really, and that was one of my fears was kind of, was tearing, like, because it, it sounds horrendous, but I would, I just wouldn't have known. Um, yeah, and they, I think in hindsight, they were, well, they were worried about me. I didn't know that because I bled, um, so she had she had said to me, they kind of put me back up in the bed and they they took Finn, they gave him to me, but quite quickly then they took him. And I, I was okay with it because Neil had him, but you know, I was I was kind of like, oh, like I want him, but I, I think I didn't realise how worried they were. Um and then they said, you know, if you don't stop bleeding now in two minutes, we're gonna we're we're gonna have to to bring you into hospital. And they had Neil clearing then the the way out. But I, I stopped. They gave me the the um, oxytocin injection, and um, you know I knew I knew why I might need that, and I knew it was if I need it, I need it kind of thing. Um, and yeah, that that was that was Finn. I didn't have to go in. Um, they gave me back Finn, and we got into our own bed, and the midwives hung around for a bit, and yeah, it was it was amazing. Who was knocking on the boat? Oh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, that night then I was feeding Finn. Um, so it's about two o'clock in the morning, you know, the, the whole Neil is wrecked. He's fast asleep. And it's just, I'm just lying there with the baby, delighting myself. And I hear the knocking again. <laughs> so I couldn't obviously get straight up to see, but when I did get a chance to get up, um, pretty quickly now, cause I was like, uh, there was nothing there, but there was little wet footprints. Now, when we had first got on the boat, we had stayed out um, out of the city. And there was often otters that would come and knock on the hull of the boat. My God, that's so cute. But this, but this had never happened in the city. And now you can you see the otters sometimes, but they never, I've never heard them knocking on the hulls. But they did it like they were doing it repeatedly. Um, and it never happened again. And we were there for another year. Never happened again. And I never heard of it happening to anyone else. So I like to think I like to think <laughs> that they came to welcome the new baby. 
that's oil. Oh, they absolutely yeah. sense something was going on. 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was pretty amazing. Like, I thought it was, yeah, yeah, it was cool now, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> so did you decide to breastfeed or bottle feed? I bre- yeah, breastfeed. I, I knew I was, I was fairly, um, I was de- determined. I suppose I was very determined, yeah, to breastfeed. I We were, my, my mother breastfed us. Um, yeah, I just, I just, that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I actually, I had a really difficult time with it. I suppose I, I, I kind of had the whole thing of, you know, we're, we're made for this and um, it's just got natural and it's just going to happen. And my friend had done it and she had no issues whatsoever. It just happened for her. Um, but like I would, I would have big breasts like, and I, yeah, it, it, it was a, uh, yeah, it was it was it was a rocky road. He was he was latching and all that, but I think now that there was there was I know there was an issue with the latch, but I kind of fought through it, not knowing, um, not you know not knowing any better. I suppose we're really missing the the experience of of being around breastfeeding now, aren't we? Like the the just the experience of seeing it and growing up with it and all that. Um, so will we move on to your next pregnancy with Shiva? Shiva, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. So we kind of said we'd wait till Finn was a year, um, before we tried again. So we did, and I think he was about thirteen months. We were still on the barge. Um, bar- bear in mind, it's like a, a one bed, like forty foot barge. Um. I was happy out there, to be honest. I wouldn't have moved, but we started trying to get pregnant and we got pregnant straight away. We were so lucky. Like, it was it was kind of a shock. Um, literally, the first month. Um, and, yeah, and he was like, right, we, <laughs> we need to get off the barge. So we did. We moved into what would have been Neil's dad's apartment um, in town, um, which I actually found quite difficult because I'm from the country and Neil is from the city and we were all of a sudden now getting more and more into the city so um I found the pregnancy hard you know it was we had had we had a few things going on that made it kind of emotionally much more difficult than the first one um but other than that the start of the pregnancy was fine again I wasn't sick I was tired I had a toddler who was he was great but he was he was um he was a flight risk, we'll say. So, you know, anytime getting him in out of the car and uh, he was also, his tantrums were in full swing. Um, so it's different, total different ball game, I can imagine. Yeah, it can be really um, hard. Yeah, yeah. So, but everything, you know, I was well, I was um, tired, like I said, but fine. I'm a teacher, so um I, everything was well up until I think it was the 34 week mark. Um, one Friday in school, I just, my hip just kind of, oh, I can just say it just went like I just got this shooting pain um, kind of in the buttock, like, you know. So it turned out I went to the doctor and I was so happy in work because you kind of get really organized and I had to be really organized and everything was going fine, like, and I was to finish up at the midterm and I went in to the doctor and she was like, yeah, I'm going to sign you off. And I was like, oh, for, for how many days? And she was like, no, I'm, I'm signing you off. 
and I burst out crying. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just wanted to keep going. And I kind of insisted. And she said she knew I was seeing the midwives on the Wednesday anyway. And I'd say she just knew what the midwives were going to say to me. So she kind of, you know, plumbed me and said, OK, I'll sign you off till till Wednesday. And uh, we'll see from there. And my course was like, no, I'm going to do more yoga and I'm going to do this and it's going to be fine. I hadn't a clue, basically. Um, and actually, I had been getting pins and needles up the leg, but I didn't uh, I didn't know at the time that that's kind of an early indicator of, of something happening. Um, so, yeah, I, I had hobbled out of work that Friday. And when I went to the midwives, the midwives were like, yeah, 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 you can keep going, but you're going to you're going to end up in a wheelchair. So that was that. I think I went back to work for two more days just to, to hand over and uh, I hobbled my way around there. So by the time I, it was probably good for me to go back in that by the time I left, I was like, oh God, I can't get me out of here. Like, um, so yeah, I just spent the rest of that pregnancy pretty much going from the, the couch to the bed to like, you know, if I, if I was making dinner, it would take me three, three sessions of stand up, do a bit, sit down kind of thing. Um, so we had planned a home birth with her again um, and we had more space and we had our pool and his mom had had a, a, a massive stroke earlier on in the pregnancy. And I think after the stroke, she kind of got brave enough and she asked, could she be there? And I was really happy for her to be there. Um, so we were kind of all excited for that. And then at 38 weeks, baby was measuring big. I should say about the, the two of them being big, Neil is six foot one and he's broad shouldered. I'm like five foot eight, I think. And I'm, you know, I'm not a, a, a slip of a thing either. So it's kind of, it's genetic, you know, it's not a, so um, I was constantly checked for, for uh, the glucose tolerance test with her, but nothing. Um, and then at 38 weeks, I had a scan and the sonographer just kind of mentioned in passing, oh, you've a little bit of excess fluid. And she, she wrote on the chart polyhydramnus, but it meant nothing to me until the 39 week um, visit with the midwives. I said, oh, the minute she saw it, and I should have known she was very, she did it very gently with me, but she said, I don't think um, it's going to, it's going to happen, you know, the home birth. And I didn't understand at the time the risk, but uh, I mean, I was, and Neil kind of said to me no 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 we'll ring them again and we'll tell my my thing was I said no I said I was gonna I trust them and I'm going with them I'm gutted <laughs> but uh we're gonna we're gonna go with what they say and it turns out just I suppose just for people who don't know that the polyhydramnus the, the baby is just floating bobbing there because there's so much fluid and the issue is that if the waters go the cord can come first and block off the baby's supply so it is a, it's a huge risk like so it was tough, tough physically at the end. Um, and then she was a little devil. She was, I think I, I hit 40. I think on the, 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 the night I was due, I was up all night and I was uncomfortable and crampy and I couldn't lie down. I just was up all night on all fours and doing everything, but nothing, no contractions, nothing, no water is going so I was shattered. It was the day she was due, I think. The next day I was shattered and Neil took the day off work. No, it was the day, sorry, it was 40 plus one. Neil took the day off work and uh, I just relaxed and slept. And I'd had a few nights of being up, but this was 
all night kind of thing. Yeah, so I just relaxed that day and my sister-in-law Leslie came and took Finn um, and we watched Notting Hill or something, I think it was Notting Hill and just all, you know, all these things that when you think about afterwards, you're like, they all probably helped, like all these just nice, relaxing things. Went into bed that night, woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, this is definitely it, like this is it. Uh, and paced and you know like with Finn I just sat whatever it was in me I just sat with the tens machine with Shiva I just spent the nights pacing and up and down and I couldn't even sit and watch something I just was too and then it got to a couple of hours and I was tired I was like nothing again I can't believe it and I went to get back into bed and Neil was like oh I was like no nothing you know I was gutted and whatever I don't know what made me decide and this sounds a bit mad again but I went into the toilet and I sat in the toilet and I just closed my eyes and I just tried to imagine the baby moving down. And I was I was sat there for a few, like not even a minute, I'd say. And the next thing I got my first contraction. Oh, and wow. I was like, I literally was like, whoa, <laughs> did I just do that? Um, so, yeah. It, yeah, you probably did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was listening to one of your other stories and the, the lady had visualized during labor and she talked about some voodoo shit. And I, when she said that, I was like, that's what it felt like with Shiva. Like, um, So, yeah, then I just I kind of gave it a, a little while. They were very mild, nothing like Finn's. Um, and then I went and I woke Neil and I was a little bit um, anxious about getting into hospital just because of the risk of the waters going and because my waters had gone on Finn. I thought that there was a chance they might. So I rang and the second midwife who'd come to Finn's birth was there and she was like, yeah, come on in. And she met us, but she was really busy. Um, and it was going to be change of shift soon anyway. Um, and, it, you know, from the word go, even going into the hospital, it is different. Like, you know, you have all these things happening around you. Um, and, you know, women who are, are, are finding it difficult and stuff and, I suppose in a selfish way, I just wanted to be away from all that. Like I wanted to have my bubble where I'm coping, whatever way I cope, but without those outside um, influences, I suppose. Um, but luckily I was with the midwives and I was brought into, I was brought straight into the labor ward. They have their own room in, in Hollow Street. Um, and we were in there, I don't know, a few minutes and the midwife, the next midwife that was coming on came in and it was the midwife I'd had on fire was it was like well she rocked in and was like a blast from the past so I was thrilled and I really um just felt really confident with you know in her and really safe in her hands and like it was her that had talked to me about the polyhydramus and I just really trusted her um so yeah the the labor was just so calm and it was totally different to Finn's in that I didn't I didn't kind of go into myself as much um you know involuntarily we'll say um the last one it just kind of took over my body this time I was with music on I was picking music we forgot about the music in the last one we had a a, a GoPro thing that Neil's friend had given and we forgot about that we forgot about loads on the first one this one we had music on and we were you know, I was moving around. I had to be connected to the trace, um, which is a bit annoying. But it was actually, it was another one of those things that I hated about going to hospital or I feared. But I, I was still fairly mobile with it. Like I was using the, the birthing stool and the ball and the amazing one. I, the, 
<laughs> a reason to go into hospital is where they move the bed up and you sit they call it a throne position so it's just really relaxing you're sitting upright but it's you know after doing some of them that can get quite tiring it's really nice so just lots of movement um and but yeah but things moved not too quickly but 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 um quickly enough uh and I got to 10 centimeters but the water still hadn't gone um so at that stage I think again was quite eager to to get baby out so she said this asked would it be okay to break the, the waters and I was happy happy enough with that um but she she went to break them and it was really difficult to break them they were really strong or something um so much so that like she brought the, the water bag afterwards to show um the other midwives because it was really thick or something I don't know I do wonder if I hadn't had the polyadramus would she have been born in the call um because she really had it she was like tugging in there it wasn't it was fine it felt fine in that but she had readied Neil I think at the start of the labor or maybe when we were doing the waters that if she gave him the word he was to press the red emergency button and she'd said to me the room will flood with doctors I was really good to hear that because you know she was like look it's so unlikely but but I like to know I like to know you know I like to to sort of focus on the positive but I do like to be prepared for something that you know I I want to know if they press that button it's going to flood with doctors I don't just just flood with them once I know things there's a reason for things I'm, I'm fairly okay with them so it was great to know that she broke the waters and when I say a waterfall <laughs> A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There was just gushes and gushes of water. It was unbelievable just felt like it would never stop so when it came when the waters were gone on that I did try all fours on the bed and I couldn't take I couldn't take it just felt horrendous and we tried standing up 
and she wasn't that happy with that and I didn't feel like anything was happening so I ended up on my back again now I should say when I say I was on my back with Fina and with Sheeta I wasn't flat out or anything you know like I was being on Finn Neil was leaning kneeling behind me I was kind of supported I was upright on my back if that makes sense you know kind of so um yeah so that's and that's how she was born um um yeah it was just it was a while pushing again I think because so she she was born and she was 11 pounds two ounces oh wow gorgeous healthy baby yeah oh my god I couldn't she was and like when she was born the midwives are like have a guess of have a guess what size and I was like I haven't a clue she could be the same size as Finn I don't know I just I'm like leave me alone I just want to look at my baby um but yeah she was over five kilo um and apparently one of the midwives had guessed that she had she had figured that she said five kilo but I didn't tear I had no tearing I think I had like um you know what they say little grazes that no stitches needed nothing which again, because of Finn, I had to ask, like, I had no, I, did I tear? Like, I had no idea whether I tore or not. Um, but yeah, and it was all, like, it was lovely because Neil was more relaxed. So, like, I mean, I, I don't think he, he, um, he was as comfortable with Finn. He kind of just more supported me. But with Shiva, he was like, oh, like he's, the midwife had her fingers on the baby's crown and then they'd move, you know, so he'd be like, oh, my God, I moved so much that time. And that really kept me going. So, um, yeah, no, she was amazing. She was just this little pudding. And, um, you know, we just did the skin to skin and she latched straight away. Everything was everything was amazing until we, <laughs> we went to the postnatal ward Um and she, they said they had to, because she was a big baby, they, they check routinely their, their sugar levels um, before they feed. Um, so I had to call them before I fed her and her sugar levels had dropped. And it's quite, it's quite, um, it's quite traumatic. They, just, they basically just take your baby. You know, you don't know what's, you don't know what's happening. Like, um, but the, the domino midwife, one of them, caught wind of it and she she kind of followed us down and she talked to us they let you in a few minutes and all this um they let us in and she was hooked up to everything but they were they're just giving her glucose um but you know again talk about your care like there's just a big room and of course there's all these you know quite unwell babies tiny little babies and then there's this monster baby in the middle of them um and I have this thing on, I had it on Finn and, and on Shiva where I think it's because they're so long. They're really long babies as well that I, once they come out, I can't walk for about 24 hours because I get breathless. I feel fine. And I'm like, no, I'm going to stand up and walk. And then I'm like, <gasps> and I just, it just, the midwives explained it to me on the boat. They were like, it's fine. It'll pass. It's just your lung capacity going back to normal. So I, I, I had to get up and down to the high dependency unit, which isn't far, but, um, I was there for, I think I was 24 hours there feeding a big baby in a little chair before one of the nurses, a new nurse came on and was like, oh, and she just got me a, a feeding pillow. The Luckily for us, the consultant comes in and sees the, the babies at eight o'clock in the morning or so. And you have to leave. We don't get to see them. And this amazing man um, came in. And when I spoke to the doctor afterwards, she was like, no, he just wants her. He heard that she's been breastfed. 
uh, that you're a second time mom and he wants her off everything. Um, so she was taken off. Like, you kind of go, why did it happen in the first place? She was taken off everything and her sugar levels actually dropped and the nurses were like, oh. And the junior doctor again was like, no, no, no. The doctor really wants her to stick with this. And she were out. We were out in 24 hours then because she was being breastfed, you know. Um, so will we move on and chat about your current pregnancy? Um, yeah, so like we were, uh, yeah. <laughs> again, we were kind of, I wanted a third. I knew I wanted a third. Neil wasn't so sure. <laughs> um, so what actually happened was I was like, right, I was kind of starting to accept it. And I was like, right, I'm going to get rid of all the baby clothes. And he was like, what? what? <laughs> oh, don't, don't do that. Like, <laughs> uh, And then all of a sudden he was just like, right, let's, let's, let's try. Um, and we did. And we got pregnant straight away. <laughs> like it was, when I say it was the bizarrest thing because... Um, you know, you have your window, I forget, is it three days or three days, I think, isn't it? And I swear to God, two days later, I said to Neil, I'm actually really tired. I'm going to go for a nap. It, just, it wouldn't happen. Obviously, you know, she at this stage was two and a half, nearly three. So, you know, that wouldn't, I, I didn't need a nap. I was, I had stopped feeding her. Um, but I went up and had a nap and I can't for an hour. And I woke up and I swear to God, I went, oh, I know that tiredness. I recognize that tiredness. So I was convinced. I was like, I, I'm, I'm pregnant. Like, um, And I took, of course, like as soon as I could, not even as soon as I could before I should, I took a pregnancy test and it was negative. And I was like, no, I don't believe it. <laughs> so I took another one and it was, ne- and I'd be like, no, okay, I'm not supposed to take them now for another two days. So I'm going to wait. But they were there. <laughs> so... Um, it's so hard to resist <laughs> ridiculous and it's my third like so you know I just knew so then I um I remember that you're supposed to if you're taking it a bit early you're supposed to take it because it was the early test you know the, the, the ones I used to do it first thing in the morning so I did it I didn't tell Neil I told him about the other ones but I was like because he thinks I'm mad like so I did it first thing in the morning and it was positive and I just said it and he was like go away <laughs> I couldn't couldn't believe it so um yeah it was it was it was brilliant shock um and how have you felt throughout your pregnancy oh I was this was the most tired I had ever been I was I was going from the bed to the couch to the bed to the couch with two little ones like it was you know I'd get up in the morning I'd put their their breakfast in front of them and then I'd go to the couch so they've actually (laughs) kind of good in late pregnancy they're kind of used to mommy resting <laughs> which is good but I literally couldn't and I was looking at facing back into school in September and I was going I don't know how I'm going to do this um, and I was nauseous for the first time I was never nauseous on the others and uh, now I didn't get sick I came close and stuff but just went off and I was like I'm going to be really healthy this time you know not that I, I was wasn't you know, I love my my uh, chocolate and that, but I was like, I'm going to be really healthy. And I couldn't look at a vegetable. I was like, oh, just give me toast. Like, and I just couldn't keep, you know, I was just really nauseous. So, but then by by the 12 week mark, by the time I think I started back in September at 13 weeks, I was, I was good again. I was, I had energy and the nauseous the feelings had passed. Um, and I'm really now at this point, I, I, I'm not I'm not in pain because I'm not doing very much and I, I feel really lucky to to be able to to be like that like I'm, I'm 
I'll, I'll get up in the morning and I'll, I'll, you know, give the kids the breakfast, wipe the kitchen down. And then it's like, okay, I, I know now I'm getting pins and needles. I need to sit down, like not sit. I kind of, I lie down. Um, so I, I kind of feel really lucky that I can do that and that I'm, I know the triggers. Um, but I definitely like, I'll, I'll know which side the baby's on because my hip will be. So I, I can imagine if I was driving to work and standing in work, I'd be, I wouldn't be there now. I'd be, um, I wouldn't be. I've been much worse off situations. So, um, so yeah. Now it's just, it's just a waiting game now. So, are you going to have baby at home or in hospital? Oh, yes. So, um, Neil had kind of said when we said we'd have a, a try for another one, he really didn't feel comfortable with a home birth because we're fifty minutes from Limerick, um, and I was totally fine with it at the time. I was like, yeah, and I do understand us still. Um, but that doesn't, I, that wouldn't stop me, you know, um, personally. So I was fine with it. And I went, I knew I was going to have to do more work for myself to get my head around it. And I would be not too far from Porty Uncle and not too far from Galway. So I kind of said about it at the start, it's really hard to research hospitals and get any real information on them. So I kind of relied on stories of other women through Facebook and stuff and, asking and that but Limerick have um, a home birth suite with a pool um so we kind of and they have a, a community midwife scheme but not a domino scheme so they don't do um they don't they might not be there for the labor they've started doing labors but they're only there two days a week so basically I'm with the community midwives um but I possibly won't have them for the labor um so I've, I've yeah I've kind of it's been a it's been the most anxious pregnancy, actually, in terms of the hospital and the care, because I suppose I'm going through the hospital, but also because of all the the restrictions. And Limerick haven't moved on their restrictions at all. There's no visiting for dads postnatally. Um, so obviously my fear is with the, because I couldn't really walk on Finn and Shiva, like how am I going to mind my baby if I can't walk with this one, you know? Um, just, it's kind of, like I've had a few wobblers where, I Finn had a, a fever there a couple of weeks ago and he had to be tested, but they, he wouldn't let them test him. So we all had to isolate and assume he was. Now he only had one temperature, like, um, and the doctor was like, it's it's probably not, but you have to treat it as if it is coronavirus. But I was like, if that happens near the birth, then Neil can't come in with me because we can't get anybody else to mind our kids. So, um that that's a bit daunting but he's he's arranged now so he can take two weeks off beforehand so if the kids get sick we will have totally isolated so we know it's not coronavirus so we can ask my sister-in-law and my brother to take them but um you know it's it's, it's just there's actually like you kind of i get my head around going in um because the big thing as well is then right stay at home and labor as long as you can and i feel confident in that but then you don't want to leave it too late. Like, I don't want to have my baby in a van because <laughs> decided we're going in the van because I'm higher up. It's comfortable. Um, and I don't want to be like having it in the reception area rushing in, you know. And I, I mean, I know if that happens, baby's fine. I'm not afraid of it, but I don't want it. Um, so it's kind of trying to balance that. And I feel I've said it to Neil and I've said it to the midwife, like the midwife is amazing. Um, so if I walked into the labour ward and she was there, I'd be so happy. Like, But um, I, I really feel this time, I actually just want everyone to leave me alone. I just want, like I had two great births 
but I just feel this time I've watched more stuff, um, loads of Ina Magaskin stuff and all that. And I just, I just want them to leave me alone. Like once everything is medically okay. Um, so I'm, I've asked, I've spoke with the midwife about opting out of uh, vaginal exams and the trace definitely. Um, and I'm just, I'm just trying to come up with loads of tactics to make the journey you know, um, as uninterrupted as possible, if that makes sense. Like the idea to me of labouring here and everything's going to be lovely and then having to get in the van and go into bright lights and noise and give in my hospital number and all that. It's just so counterintuitive. Um, But yeah, I've just, I suppose I'm, there's all these little issues that I'm kind of trying to work through if that makes sense. Um. So the next part of this episode is where I catch up with Aileen after she has welcomed her little girl Orla into the world. So we chat about her the last few weeks of her pregnancy and also her birth experience. Enjoy. Aileen, so nice to see you and a huge congratulations and welcome to Orla. She's just feeding away there happily. How are you? How are you doing? Good, good. We're doing good. So yeah. will we just dive into the last few weeks of your pregnancy? Yeah, so the final few weeks were kind of full of a bit of drama, actually. Um, we had a scan at 37 weeks um, because I was presenting big, which is normal for me. Um, but they wanted, the, the midwives were happy for me to stay with them and all, but the doctor wanted me to have a scan. So the little pup was transverse at 37 weeks. Um, so that's a real, I hadn't realized that's a real, can be a real game changer for them, especially at 37 weeks. Um, and I knew pretty quickly they wanted me to, they were going to ask me to, they were going to tell me to stay in hospital. So I, luckily I had spoken to a doula um, from Well Mama Doulas. They're a great group of um, doulas. I think they're based in Tipperary, but myself and my husband had had like a, a kind of a, a two hour zoom session with her just to kind of get Neil um, in the frame of mind for birth and stuff and any questions I had. Um, and so I talked to her about that. They might want to induce me and stuff being big and just how to deal with it. So I just, she, one of the things over the course of the thing she said to me was about confrontation that maybe don't have the confrontation. So I had that in my mind when I was in there and they were doing all they had to do. And so I, I kind of said to them, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go talk to my husband. I have to sort childcare and all that. Um, just kind of delaying it. So basically, uh, to cut a long story short, I ended up just signing myself out of the hospital because it was the Monday and I was due to see the midwives on Wednesday. So I said, I, I understood the risks of baby being transverse, but there was very little, um, what were the chances of me going into labor at 37 weeks, which was the risk, you know, um, and what were the chances of me turning the baby in a hospital? I figured they were really low. So I gave myself two days to see where I was at then on the Wednesday. Um, so I, but it was, it was really, it's a really, it's not a situation I suppose I would wish on any pregnant woman is to have to advocate for themselves in that situation. But, but luckily I had kind of prepared for, for coming up against them Um not for this now, but I just sort of delayed them and said, 
you know, I'm going to come back to see the midwives in two days. So they, they kind of met me halfway and said, come back to us in two days, which I did. And baby was head down. Um, so I was delighted and fair play to them in the hospital in Limerick. They were they were really good about it. And they gave me the whole spiel about what will happen to the baby and how dangerous it was. But when I went back on the, the Wednesday, I had to go back again on the Thursday because they wanted to be head down for, I think it's 48 hours. Um, the doctor who had I had signed myself out with, you know, was really excited, came over and was like, oh, yay, I'm delighted for you. And, you know, where she'd given me a really like straight, serious talk about signing myself out. So they were really respectful and and really nice about it and really happy when it worked out. Um, so that went well. Then we had uh, my sister-in-law and her daughter, Kim. They they stayed in their own um, bubble themselves and then they, they joined our bubble about a week before she was due. Um, and I was so sure she was coming early. And I, I never did this before, but I was so sure. I just kept getting weird little things I think possibly because they were around and I didn't have to worry about my own yeah. kids and they were doing all the cooking and stuff that I just like I had one evening where I went into the sitting room I couldn't be with the kids the noise and the lights in the kitchen and I just walked away and I went into the sitting room and I lay on the ball and I put music on and like I didn't feel anything as such but I just couldn't be around noise and lights and I was like this is it now this is definitely it. and nothing and I drove myself a bit crazy with it I think because I got loads of feelings like that and like really strong feelings, like I just can't do, you know, can't be around noise. So anyway, we got to the the 41 weeks or the 40 weeks and nothing. Um, um, but about the Wednesday, say I was due the Sunday and about the Wednesday or Thursday, I went out and it was, it was about half four, it was still really bright. And I just noticed the moon. <laughs> I just noticed the moon in the sky and it was so clear. And it was nearly full. So I, I just kind of thought, oh, I went way off my walk and I came back and I checked the calendar first thing and the full moon was coming on the Saturday. So I said to Neil, Saturday night now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? The baby's coming Saturday night. So I convinced myself of this as I as I like to do. And uh, nothing. Then I kind of relaxed then, funnily enough. And then Saturday we were all, you know, we were doing nice movies every evening all this like um nice baths and then Saturday night came and I woke up at about four o'clock I'd say and I thought I felt something but wasn't sure it wasn't like my waters went before so I said I maybe it's, I'll get up and check and there was nothing so I got back into bed and Neil said you know are you okay is there anything and I said no I said this baby can stay and I just give up I was so disappointed and I was lying in bed and about a half an hour later, I got the first, the first surge. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they came hard and they came fast. But I was lying there and I said, I'll give myself five more of these now and then I'll get up. And sure, I think I got four and then they stopped and I was close. I went back to sleep anyway. So then when these surges actually did start, I said, I'll give them five now. I don't even think I lasted the five. They, it was the same on my first. They just came hard and strong. So up I got and I went downstairs and started making my um, isotonic drink for the pool. And I barely got through that. Like I was like, oh, so I went up and woke Neil and said, come on, let's go. And 
Like we had everything ready. Like we had, I had, like had everything for the van. I had, I had, I don't, can't forget if I, I forget if I said it the last time. I decided I wanted to go in the van. The journey to the hospital was really worrying me, so I had everything ready. I had bags and towels and scissors. I decided in case it was coming in the the van, and I had to cut off my leggings or whatever it was. I had everything ready. I think I told you about the winter flow the last time. I had this little contraption. Um, it's a breathing. You didn't tell me about it last time. But Sorry, I heard, I, I've I've heard of it since. Yeah, I so I had it. Um, so I was using that from the start. Um, and I really found it gorgeous. Really helped me to concentrate. Um, so yeah, she was. So they were coming hard and strong. So we jumped into the van, and I had the music playing. I had my music list. I had my sunglasses on, <laughs> and I was I had Neil's hoodie on. Um, no, I had my hoodie. I had Neil's scarf actually on. All the things I had ready, you know. But I actually really enjoyed then the journey to the hospital. It's really funny, and that was the part I was really worried about. But when we left Mount Shannon, the when we left home, the the moon was so clear. It was so clear in the sky. And when we got to the hospital, it was morning time, like it was bright. But this, you could still see the moon. I meant to take a photo, but I forgot. But um, so we're driving into Limerick and the music was going. But one thing I found really good in the van was, you know, the way people, they often pull out of things. You see it in like tribal women did it. And you see it now in some birthing centers and that where they pull out of something. The, um, you know, the hanger handle in the car. Oh, yeah. Pull, I was just held onto that and I was pulling that through the contractions. And I don't know, I just found it really comforting that and singing, singing songs. We pulled into the car park and we said we'd time the contractions and they were really close together and all that. So we said, right, we'll go in and see. Um, so went in and when I also had put on my preferences that I didn't want vaginal exams. Um, and I had talked to the doula about it and we had talked about the CTG trace um and she kind of advised me or suggested give them one you know that kind of way yeah Yeah. so I said okay I'll do the trace um I anyway I went in and they they did the trace but after 20 minutes it was so tough it was really it was the most difficult part for me of the whole thing because I was lying on my back and they the contractions were intense but then, you know, you have your resting time between them. But because I was on my back, I was in pain when the between the contractions. So I had this mm. searing pain in my back. I just found it really uncomfortable. Now, I don't remember having that before, um, but there may have been a reason for that. So then we, I did my 20 minutes and I mean, I, the clock was just on the wall in front of me and I was counting it down and about 25 minutes, someone came near me and I just went, can I get up now? And she said, oh, the baby's just starting to wake up. So they wanted me to stay longer. And at that point, I should have just got up, but I didn't. Um, I I lay there again. So it was, I reckon it was definitely 50 minutes, if not an hour. And eventually they came in and they let me up. Um, and then she thought they did their other little bits that they have to do. And then she said about examining me. And I had said all the time, I want to go to the Danny suite in, in Limerick, which is where they have the pool. Um, it's they call it the home birthing suite. So they kept kind of, I didn't know if they were faffing me off with that, but I think they don't, 
they don't say it for definite until you're actually ready to go and they're sure, you know. Um, but they, she said then about doing an exam and I just, I was sitting on the edge of the bed and I said, um, I have, I'd asked to not have any vaginal exams. And she kind of said, well, how am I going to know whether you're in labor or not? And like, she had to wait through contractions to talk to me because they were so intense. And I just, now she was lovely, but I just looked up for her and said, um, do you, do you not think I'm in labor? And she said, I do think you're in labor, but how, what can I tell them in the labor suite? I have to be able to tell them something. Now I was prepared for this and I was ready for this argument, but I'm sitting on the edge of the bed having really, really intense surges. And I just want my husband like, and I just want to get up to the Danny suite. So I, I, I gave in like, which is just not something I think any of us should, should have to feel, you know, now I'm fine with it in that I had a really positive experience in general, but that's just, it's just not right either. And I was really lucky because she examined me and I was 78 centimeters, which is why everything, which is why I think lying on my back was so difficult, you know, which is why they were so intense. Um, and she was delighted then. And she got me up as quick as she could. And she was lovely. And she was really, you know, like, God, you're coping so well and all this. Um, so anyway, we, we off, we went to the Denny suite and, one of my favorite parts of the whole thing was when I walked in there, I said, there was two midwives in there and I said, can I take off my shoes? And she said, you can do anything you want in here. (laughs) And from that moment till I said goodbye to them, they were incredible. And, you know, I can't remember her name, which is really killing me, but, um, because I'd never met her before as well. I was so used to on the others, I had the same midwives. So, but anyway, um, yeah, so I took off my shoes. It's amazing, like when you were left to it. I was so aware of what I was doing, but I was so I just knew what I wanted. You know, the thing of lower the blinds and all that, that wasn't bothering me. And it was really bright day, but I kind of liked the sunshine in a way. I don't know why, but like, and at that stage I'd lost interest in the music as well but I just wanted my shoes off. I climbed up on a chair like to lean on the window. I don't know whether I wanted to look out or it was just the position, but I just, I did what I wanted. Like, and I just said to her, can you fill the pool? Yeah, absolutely. Just, they just stood back from me. And then when they had a chance, like they slowly asked me about things and stuff. They never came near me. There was no more vaginal exams. The only thing they did was the, the intermittent checking, you know, um, and they were just they were just so lovely so I got into the pool as quick as I could um and just just you know went with the surges now they were really I have to say they were really really powerful um and I was just you know kind of nearly lying off in the pool and one would come and my husband would hand me the winner flow and my big tip for anyone who's using it is tell your husband which way it should be facing (laughs) He, he'd give it to me and I'd have to turn it, but he noticed it. So he le- learned there and then. What, so he would literally hand it to me. I'd put it in, I'd go through the surge and then I'd turn my head to him and he'd just take it out of my mouth <laughs> and then he'd hand me water or whatever I needed because it really it was really, really intense. Um, and then during during the labor then as well, when we when we got in and settled, like Neil was going around just getting our bits ready in that Um something he'd done that was lovely I had asked him to bring a when I had Shiva I brought a photo of Finn you know as part of like a your your affirmations and that and I just really loved it so I asked him to print off a couple of photos but he actually made up a little photo book like he did it online you know but so I said to him 
during a surge once I was in the pool and settled I said give me or give me the reason I'm doing this or something like that and he pulled out the book and it was just lovely between surges to look at that like um so yeah and then um they just sat back and just watched me really um and then the doctor came in and I had asked for um a physiological third stage as well um and tried a couple of different positions in the in the pool but I was actually at one stage I was on my kind of knees bent forward and uh I, I was coming up to a surge I think and I felt just one of the midwives with something right just at my bum cheek and I it's a bit because they hadn't come near me before and I was a little bit but a surge came at that moment so you know the way you kind of trust them but also like what what's going on but surge came so I went through the surge because I couldn't do anything but concentrate on the surge and uh the whole time she stayed there, which I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> and I um, got through the surge anyway and eventually, you know, took my few breaths and looked around to see what, because they hadn't moved, like, and the two midwives were over the other side of the room. <laughs> I put my hand down and it was the thermometer that floats around in the pool and it had gotten oh. way under my ass. <laughs> <laughs> How hot was it? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty hot. (laughs) So that that gave us laugh as well. Um, Yeah. And so then I had this, I I don't know if I said it the last either, but I had this sneaky plan that I was going to be, you know, so quiet and so calm um, that I was going to be bearing down before they realized and I was going to have the baby in the pool. This was my, my dream, you know. But actually in the pool, I I did start bearing down. I did start feeling the urge, which is the first time I actually, on my other labors, I don't remember that feeling kicking in myself. And from listening to your podcast, there was a woman who said that she actually felt her baby move down out of the cervix kind of thing, if that's correct. Yeah, I'm not sure, but that's what I she felt. I it is as well. yeah. And oh, I just, I said it to Neil, like, I was like, that's that's what I want. Like, I want to be so in tune with myself, which is why I didn't want the vaginal exams and which is why I was so worried about the van and just breaking the flow. But that, that I was like, that's what I want. This is my final one now. That's what I want. Um, So I just, I was bearing down in the pool. Something struck me like, I feel like I should get out of the pool because they were really intense and it was getting tough. And I wondered if I got out of the pool, would it happen quicker? Because that's what had happened with me on Finn a little bit. Um, but I nearly wasn't brave enough to like, I didn't have the energy to kind of get myself up and out the motivation. And then she said, do you want to try going to the toilet? You know, um, so I did. And I went into the toilet and the water's way. I, I was bearing down in the toilet and she asked me, actually, she said, do you feel the urge to push down? And I said, oh, a little bit, <laughs> tiny bit. Um and the next thing the waters went and I could see straight away there was meconium in them so I knew crap literally (laughs) this isn't good um and I kind of looked to her and she said she said you know she was on me straight away but she was like look you're 40 it was 41 weeks sorry at this stage now because it was the Sunday and she's like you're 41 weeks that's really normal so she really calmed me down because I had this like moment of Mm. (gasps) panic um but she, so she brought me over to the bed and she said, look, we are going to have to change rooms. Um, and she said afterwards, she thought I was going to hit her when I said that, because just I really think they didn't realize how imminent it was that the baby was coming. Whereas I I knew like I was like, 
how can you get me to change rooms at this stage? But we did. Um, and they were so brilliant because they got me to the bed and they were like, we need you to get up on the bed. And I was another surge came. So I was because they needed to put the trace on and I was bent over the bed. And while I was having the surge, they were getting it on, which but really kind of really gently, but really efficiently. I remember feeling during the surge, you know, I'm so grateful with the way they're moving around me. It was just because mm. I knew I understood that they needed to trace the baby now, you know. So got up onto the bed and they were like, don't worry, once we get this on, you can get back up. So I'm on my back again. <laughs> <laughs> third time in a row and uh what did they get me to do they they turned oh the the heartbeat wasn't recovering now this is all just a matter of a couple of minutes the heartbeat wasn't recovering um quick enough so they were calling in the doctors and they put me now I had no worry during all of this at this stage because I knew baby is so they turned me onto my left side and I got this incredibly powerful like just pressure and I actually said to them no 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 please can you put me back on my back and they said no 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 you're great and they you could see that they were kind of about to go do something that the two midwives and the two doctors they had their little plan and their attention wasn't on me we'll put it that way and the that pressure that I felt was basically the lead up to an incredible surge like it was just unreal and I swear to god I felt the baby move down I felt Mm -hmm. like nearly a shudder (laughs) down it was incredible and I said there's definitely a head down there now and the midwife kind of went oh and she turned back and she took a look and she went oh yeah there is and all four of them dropped like dropped what they were doing (laughs) and you know they did just turn their attention back to me and I think the next surge, the head came out and I just totally relaxed and they brought me back onto my back and baby was born um, just like that. And I put when when the head was out, I had said I'd love to catch her myself or him. And uh, when the head was out, I was just you just went from such intensity to like it was like, I'm, you know, I think I'm finished, which you're not like, but you're like, just so, so relaxed. So I said to them, can I catch her? And they said, oh, we'll guide you. Because the way I was, it wasn't exactly possible. But they did. So I had my hands in her when she was born and up onto my chest straight away. It was it was amazing. Neil said, I didn't remember. I did once he said it. But he said, uh, I just turned to him and went, that was cool. <laughs> After, you know, being so intense. Um, yeah. And a baby girl, um, Orla, we called her. So, um, yeah, Orla Martha Dunn and Martha after her cousin who came to help mind her, her oh, sister. Brother. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she was um, 10 pounds, two ounces. So she was, yeah. <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting that for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, her sister was 11 too. So she's, yeah. I, I knew she was big. I had a feeling she wasn't quite as big as Shiva. I don't know why, but um, because I couldn't tell because I was so big with Shiva with the polyhedramness and that. But yeah, 10 pounds, two ounces. I didn't tear. Um, It can be done, (laughs) I suppose, which is even tonight just talking on WhatsApp to some of the women who are expecting there and like the big baby thing is being over one of them. So that's why I wanted to do this. This uh, podcast was that, you know, I've had three big babies now, three natural medication free births and 
so far that I know of, touch wood, I have no no issues. You know, I tore on my first, which I said, but um, nothing nothing major. Um, yeah, so ten pounds two ounces, and she's doing great. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, our pre and post baby chat. If you are expecting and you would like to chat before and after baby arrives, you are more than welcome to just get in touch via Instagram, which I've linked on the episode, or you can reach out on the website and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. I'll have another episode for you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.